three, two, one. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Block, your love doctor, and your sexy, lefty, erotic philosopher. And this is a train. We call it the love train and the peace train and FDR stands for our 32nd president Franklin Delano Roosevelt who had some good qualities I know he had some bad but we prefer to emphasize the good on FDR which also means fuck in a good way duh you know, like the, but with an Italian accent. Rich. The 1%. The overstuffed, wealthy, aristocratic royals. Fuck. The rich. Some of them like to get pegged. But what we mean is tax them, including the royals. And more than that. But we'll get into that as we roll down the track through the tunnel of love. And we being, of course, me, and my darling husband, Max, who is getting onto the train as we speak and will join us shortly. And, of course, I've also just been abandoned by my engineer. <laughs> ah, that's okay. That would be Unseen Abe. Of course, we're all unseen tonight because it's radio. And it's kind of a show between shows. It's a podcast. It's a ride. And... If you're listening to us live on one of our great platforms, of course, our greatest platform is fdrradio.com. And that's where you can listen to us, as well as drsusanblock.com. And I guess right now it would be drsusanblock.com slash live and Facebook where I just shared it to my story and everybody else should. And yeah, get on board. Facebookers book your ride. And tell me what's on your mind. I don't really have a singular topic, and I don't think Captain Max does either. We're just kind of talking about stuff. So, we're open. You can comment, or you can call. And our number is 626-461-5950. So, where else are we? YouTube. And, of course, Twitter spaces. You guys can just hop on Twitter spaces. And we're still a little unfamiliar. So you got to be a little patient with us there. But I do hope you join us. As well as Instagram. 
<laughs> we love you all. We do. Uh, we prefer if you join us in one of our sites, like Bonoboville, we have more control. And after all, we are going from neoliberalism to a kind of neo-feudalism, which involves a lot of little fiefdoms. And so that's why we're on all these platforms, because we never know when we're going to be censored on one. <laughs> And we're on even more when we share the show later, which just censored us, one of those, LinkedIn. How about that? For a purely audio show. Anyway. Happy Self-Love September, if you're listening live tonight. It is still September. It's the fall, so happy fall, Equinox. Fall into the Bonobo way and play a little. I mean, as much as you can. There's so many restrictions now, really, and so many problems. But we mustn't forget that our sexuality is very important to us. I guess I say that being a love doctor, a sexologist, and a sex therapist. So maybe I'm biased. But I think you agree, whoever you are, I think you all agree that sex is important. It's the essence of life. And we need to express it somehow. And it is very difficult in these ages of various diseases to express it physically, although it's good to do that. <laughs> it's very good for the body and the mind and the soul to express our physical, animal, sexual nature. But a lot of that is closed off. And so we do it to some extent in the internet. And we are censored every which way. And for many different capricious reasons, it's not as clear as it used to be. There was a period of time when you could put anything on the internet. And then they started censoring and you went, oh, you can't show sex and nipples and uh, genitalia. And now it's like certain words are forbidden. And yet we try to communicate. Harry on Facebook says censorship is the beginning of the end to any free country. Yeah, it's pretty drastic. And I can't wait till Max comes in because he's had a lot of experience with censorship over the decades of his magazines and what type of censorship that involved. And yet there was certain freedom that we don't have now. Fall Equinox. Well, we're just kind of past that a little bit if you're tuned in live. It's kind of that time, although... Whoa, here in La La Land, it just feels like <laughs> we were talking about apocalypse. Yeah, it's climate catastrophe, heat. We're under the heat dome. Again, we were under like two weeks ago, and we thought maybe it was lifting and we would fall into fall. But here we are back in just sizzling worse than summer. 
But we're lucky because, hey, we're not on fire. A lot of people are on fire. A lot of people are underwater. One third of Pakistan is underwater. We have friends there. They're okay, but I mean, they're okay technically, but no one is okay who is there and who cares about Pakistan. And I have been there, so I have a little personal connection. But we should all recognize that this is coming for us. Like one of those monster movies where you see the monster in the distance. And you know, we've had time to kind of prevent it from coming, but we've frittered away that time pretty much. So it's just a question of how we operate. Do we keep this going as the earthquakes and the fires and the floods and the heat destroy us? Do we keep the mega machine pumping gas and digging up the earth and ruining the atmosphere and the water and the sex? You know, Max was telling me that the water that is in the tap, I guess, is it the tap water? Yeah. Well, some people drink tap water or they bathe in it, you know, bathe in it for sure. And it's laced with sewage, human sewage, right, Captain Max? Yes. And it's other people's poop, which is gross enough if it's natural, you know, that's like, I mean, unless you're into brown showers, in which case I apologize if I am insulting your fetish. I am very open-minded. And actually, I talked to somebody the other day that there is their fetish, and, you know, it's perfectly fine to have that as a fetish. It's a little bit dangerous if you do too much, but a little bit is okay, but not my fetish, and honestly kind of grosses me out, but I can handle it as a therapist. I'm just telling you guys, because I know you won't tell anybody how I really feel. <laughs> I love you. But in any case, yeah, other people's poop is bad enough natural, but it's also filled with all the pills that they take, all the chemicals that they absorb into their system and, and their medications, including their sex debilitating medications such as SSRIs, antidepressants, that really can lower your sex drive. I don't know what I'm even telling you for. It's depressing, but just know that this is happening because I think it's better to be informed than not. And it kind of makes sense that this is what is happening. And so we should just be understanding of ourselves and our difficulties. And people do have a lot more sexual problems. And a lot of people are so traumatized by their other problems, they don't even realize they have sexual problems. But yeah, we do. And a lot of people do know they do and are struggling. 
Adriana on YouTube says, more people should be talking about the disaster in Pakistan instead of spending too much time mourning a monarch. Well, yeah, I agree. I mean, we talked half of our show last time about queens of all kinds, you know, the dead one. Huh. R.I.P. Queen Lizzie, too. I guess she wasn't the worst, but she certainly was not worth all of this sacrifice that a lot of people are going through, including people who want to exercise their freedom of speech in various parts of England have been arrested for saying something like fuck the monarchy on a sign, holding up a sign and like a paper sign yes that says fuck i grant you that is whoa vulgar but arrested uh, i mean maybe they could be asked to something leave i don't know it, not even that why i mean this is a public place people should not be arrested for holding up signs. And it's not just that. That happened to be a vulgarity, which I don't find some, so vulgar after all. We call this show Fuck the Rich. Although sometimes we use an asterisk. Because we know, we get it. Except it's not right to shut people down for expressing themselves about something that they pay taxes to support and that doesn't pay taxes. And that is a billion dollar entity based on a history of slavery and genocide and colonialism and is kind of laughable. I mean, the queen sort of kept her dignity, even though she was the queen of all that. But I don't know if the Tampax king and his trouser queen, consort Camilla, are going to be able to carry on this cosplay, <laughs> I guess, with a lot of armed guards. That's how they do it, which is really kind of horrifying. I mean, if the monarchy is really that great for tourism, you don't have to squelch people's freedom of sp speech for that. And maybe like, two weeks of mourning or whatever it is, is a bit much. So some people are being arrested for freedom of speech. Other people are taking it to Twitter and sometimes getting shut down with their hashtags like Prince of Pegging is, of course, my favorite. And it's sometimes used as an insult, but I think there's nothing wrong with pegging. But then KK Kate is pretty offensive they're using that and I don't see so much against Harry and Meghan like in hashtag form I just think that the people that are against Harry and Meghan of which there are many are mostly people that are part of the royal network and the media the mainstream media and so they're not so savvy about hashtags it's more the supporters of Princess Meghan, a big hashtag, and Good King Harry. <laughs> but I do loathe all the military garb. 
too. It's all part of it. The violence supports the theft and the colonialism and the slavery and all of it. So, yeah, it makes sense to have all these military uniforms and everyone arguing about, can Harry wear a military uniform? I mean, yeah, he looks sexy in it, I have to say. Maybe more than the morning coat, you know? I mean, yeah, I get it, but why do I think it's sexy? Maybe because of what my culture has fed me, and I could admit it's sexy and enjoy a little cosplay for sex, but come on, parading around in this stuff and backing it up with real weapons. And also those big hats I found out are made from black bears in Canada. Real black bears. They're fur. I hope that's not true. I hope that's just fake news. I hope it's just synthetic, even though that's also bad. But yeah, you shouldn't be using the bears for your hats, boys. What else do you got in those hats? It's some kind of animal in there sitting on their head. I'm sure I can think of other things, but it is very phallic looking. They look like big dicks walking down the street, those soldier boys with their big Prussian furry hats. Uh, come on. I'm all for phallic symbols, but you look silly. And how do you see? I don't know. Anyway. We are on FDR. And if you want to talk to us about sex, pegging, September sex, which is self-love. Or did you know that it is bi-week? And that's not bi-week as in shop for what you can't afford week, okay? Hmm. It's bisexuality week. Woohoo! Woo! And I think we're all bi, actually, at least a little, like bonobos. Even Macho Max likes to wear pink, right, Max? Max, would you put your headphone on, please? I think I've seen Max wear a pink shirt once or twice. Before. Well, of course. That's not why he's I have pink shoes. I wear pink shoes. Headphone on. Some pink Air Maxes. Right, right. Shoes, well, yeah. pink is getting popular, but Max yeah, it's very wore pink before it was popular. So it is an expression of his feminine side. And he wore pearls for our 30th wedding anniversary which is symbolized by the pearl. David D. on YouTube says, whenever a royal is in military uniform, they are actually just doing cosplay. Blue bloods would shit themselves if they ever saw real combat. Of course, yes. But the cosplay is very damaging. It's part of the recruitment into the military. And I guess Harry was in Afghanistan. I don't know if he saw real combat probably not but he hung out with the troops and he wore fatigues and he was there for quite a while which I'm not a fan of but yeah he served in the military as a something and was photographed a lot and it was part of trying to get people to join up for this terrible invasion of a country that did nothing to Britain and nothing to America either it's just that Osama was hanging out there. But in any case, there was a big invasion. 
that did not accomplish anything and thank goddess we got out of there and we can thank Max's friend Joe for that he got us out of there it was a kind of bloody mess but <laughs> at least it was uh, at least we got out of there now I wasn't laughing about the bloody mess I was actually laughing this is the problem with doing a show that has lots of different topics is that Lily G says the furry hats are sort of a turn-on. They do resemble big dicks. Okay, yes. That's what I said. I don't want fur on my dick, though, okay? But they do resemble big dicks. I, I'm not ready to see the turn-on. Maybe I could now that Lily has suggested it. And Aaliyah Corset is questioning whether the hats are made from the fur of black bears. I must admit, I saw that on Twitter. Maybe somebody could look that up and see if that is correct, because I should perhaps stand corrected if they're now made of plastic or whatever. But I think they perhaps used to be made of the fur of black bears. And from what I saw, they still are. Now, I will find out perhaps before the end of the show are these hats? What are they called? Does anyone know? Also find that out. Bonobo gang. Comrades. Or as you're listening. Do a little research. What are those hats called? I'm a hat person. That just doesn't do it for me maybe. That hat. Maybe because I like big brim hats. I don't tend to go for those high level hats. Yeah, it says that they call them caps, caps, just regular caps. Those big furry things are just called caps? Yeah, my cup. I got my cup on. I, I don't know. That was a poor accent. That was a poor accent. But, uh, yeah, they said that the these bear, military bearskin hats. Bearskin, see? Yeah, there you say, go. Yeah. They are bearskin still? Yep, the standard bearskin cap of the foot guards is 18 inches and weighs just about one and a half pounds. Wow, and we are paying for this. Not us, but the Brits, actually. And, and the bears. I, of course, the bears are paying for it feel too. connected to that. And the bears, yes, the Brits are paying for the bears. Now, the Tampax King, two weeks ago I called him the Tampon King, but I'm going to get specific because Really, in his conversation with Camilla, in which he said, oh, I should get into your trousers. How would I do that? And then he came up with, I should be a Tampax. Or no, he said, with my luck, I'd be a Tampax. So he was being a little self-deprecating. He has a little of that type of humor. After all, he is that king. And then he was almost king. He was almost king for so long. The poor guy probably is traumatized. But in any case, he fantasizes about being a Tampax, which is why I call him the Tampax King. And he is an environmentalist, or was. So I hope he really does keep that going. That is important. I might put up with some of the other things, although, I don't know, not the idea that you are better than others, which is perpetrated by this two weeks of enforced mourning. 
Ruby Aruba says, Bisexuality Week. Didn't know. I must share this info with all my bisexual friends, male and female. And don't forget non-binary. And, you know, pretty much everybody is, if you define bisexual the bonobo way, which is just not being too picky. I mean, everybody has that in them. Bisexuality is a lot more common than we think. Or you could call it pansexuality. I think that's a better term. Okay. So what else is going on? Captain Max. I'm looking at him. What can I do to get you to put your microphone on? I mean, you're sitting here. You look so handsome and cute. And I know I did something awful in the beginning of the show, and I apologize. I really do this show for you, with you, because I enjoy doing it with you. This is not my show. This is our show. And people deserve to hear your voice. It's not their fault that I fucked up. It's not the audience's fault. So let's not make them suffer with just listening to me. So should I continue? Yes or no? Or oh, go ahead. All right. We were talking about SSRIs. <laughs> and so I've been having this Twitter conversation with a guy who asked me about them. It's been very interesting. And he asked a bunch of other sex therapists and educators, but they did not respond. He said, any sex education professionals out there have any suggestions for overcoming anorgasmia, delayed ejaculation caused by SSRIs? Can't stop the meds. And it's quite an interesting thread because my first idea is talk to your doctor because most people just don't do that because they're scared and also because their doctors are uptight don't want to talk about sex really and they want to just prescribe what the pill companies have given them but a lot of the psychiatrists out there are human beings and if you say you want to have a sex life they will listen to you and that is important to find out if you're on antidepressants and I'm not saying you shouldn't be on them although I have mixed feelings but if you are and they are harming you and if they are lowering your sex drive, that's a harm. And yet making you feel good, you know, feel calm, then you should talk to your doctor. Well, of course, I suggested that to him. And he said he'd already done that. Because the doctor can change the dosage and the timing and you can have a good sex life. Or maybe the type, actually. And so then I go into my fun sexpert hat which is try some ideas like one try new forms of erotic stimulation since novelty is an aphrodisiac 
And two, don't expect orgasm, just pleasure. And three, take more time between orgasms and they will come more easily. Now, all these suggestions actually go for all of us, even if we're not affected by chemicals. But if we are affected by chemicals, they just should be perhaps boosted, you know, like those boosters. Of course, he liked number one. He didn't want to not expect orgasm because he wants to, because, yeah, he thinks in a linear way. He wants to have that climax. See, sometimes it pays to just think in a more circular way. I know it's difficult, but just to think about the pleasure. And I tell you that for self-love September, for self-love. I tell you that also for love with your lover. And yet, sometimes when you don't expect orgasm, that's when it happens. That's very interesting. It's very tricky that way. And of course, number three, taking more time. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to do it when he wants to do it. I get it. But of course, it's true that if you take more time between your orgasms, whether it's hours or days, maybe weeks, although if it's getting into weeks, then maybe you have a problem. So yeah, if you take days, then that can help. But he liked the idea of novelty, although at first he said he wishes with his wife it was a possibility, the novelty long story, not going to change. And so I let him go with that and said, well, then if that's the case, I could see he was being negative about everything. Then you really need a sex therapist. You need to talk to someone probably. And he acknowledged that I was right he needed a sex therapist, but he couldn't afford it and his insurance didn't pay for it. By the way, yeah, your insurance doesn't usually pay for sex therapy and it should. It's important to your mental health and your physical health, all of it, and your heart health, which is related to your mental and your physical health. Sadly, insurance companies fail on purpose to recognize the value of sexual health. I say on purpose because they don't want to pay for it. He also says, my personal joke is that I should get into adult entertainment since I can last so long now. Oh, right. Yeah. That's what he says. <laughs> so I took that as a signal yeah. and I said, your joke about going into porn might be the novelty that you need, even if you just enjoy the fantasy. Also, libido is perverse. So believing you have to last and you're not allowed to come sometimes does make you come. And you have to make it believable, though. So you have to act like you're auditioning to be in a porn movie or something like that in your mind. Anyway, he jumped on that. He liked that idea. That is a fun idea. And he also told me that he talked to his wife and he was happy because she was interested in novelty now. And I th took that as a compliment, even though he wasn't all that complimentary. Although he did say thank you a lot. But 
he told me that it was impossible to talk to his wife. That's when I said, well, then you got to get into therapy. But he didn't want to do that because it's expensive. And you might consider this. Talk to your partner. Sometimes you don't need a therapist. You just need to talk. Now, a therapist helps you do that. I was just doing that with a client the other day, a couple, just helping them to talk. Both very smart, very together people. They just needed a little referee, a little uh, chaperone. So sometimes you might not need that, like this guy, William. And so he talked to her and she said, okay, I'm open to it. I want to see what we can do to get our sex life back. Good for her. Good for him for trying this. Yeah, so they just needed to try something new, right? New, new location, new, new outfit. I'm not even sure, what? but all those things might work. Yeah. Any of those things, depending on a lot of factors. Oh. A new fantasy, a new maybe going to a hotel, maybe. spending the night somewhere. Maybe, maybe a new sex toy. <laughs> maybe wearing a wig. No, I'm just kidding. no you're not. <laughs> I mean, that could work too. Anything actually fits that is different. But he also gave me another piece of information. What was that? He said he was 330 pounds. I did say good for you about the novelty thing. I really gave him a lot of compliments for that, talking to his wife. But then I had to say... I felt because this was a semi-public conversation and I'm not getting paid for it. I had to say, I don't mean to fat shame and I don't and all of us deserve sexual pleasure regardless of weight. And that's very important. But now that you've revealed to me that you're 330 pounds, I have to say that could also be a big reason that you have difficulty climaxing. Of course. Now, if your sex life improves, you might lose weight. One thing he said right back to me was he used to not have a problem. So he didn't feel it was his weight because he's been 330 pounds for a long time and he didn't have that problem before. Let's just say this, as you get older and you still have the weight, it's harder. Maybe if you're 330 pounds and you're 25, it's not a problem but if you're 330 pounds and you're 50 something like this gentleman William yeah it could be a problem so there are always lots of factors in sexual situations which is why it's important to talk to a sex therapist because doctors often have areas of expertise and they know nothing about anything else This is why psychiatrists, they think they just know about the brain, which is about, are you happy? Are you sad? If you're sad, take this pill. That's how they are lately. I think they were a little more nuanced in the old days, but now that's all. And they don't talk about the body. And doctors that specialize in different body parts, they often don't know about other parts. And sex involves all of your parts, including your heart. And I mean that in every sense of the word. And certainly your brain in every sense. So if you want to talk about that more and you would like to do so privately, and no, we do not take 
insurance at the moment, although maybe we will. Will we, Captain Max? At some point, maybe. We might. He's sort of half nodding. You can call us at 213-291-9497. What else is going on in the world? Lots. Ken Starr just died, and we have an amazing throwback up on all the platforms that is really a piece of erotic history and comic history and sad history that Ken Starr took over our imaginations for over a year, almost two years around that time and we gave him an award for pornographer of the year at the pornocopia with Annie Sprinkle and a lot of other luminaries of the pornography world and we all get on all the channels and talk about Ken Starr and the investigation into the president's pants which he lost Bill Clinton got his blowjob, and could keep his day job. However, America lost a lot of credibility, thanks to Mr. Starr, and we lost a lot of faith in our leaders, and I think we lost some momentum that we were getting towards sexual freedom and now we have a lot of little Ken stars around. Lindsey Graham is one, and he was one of the House managers that tried to impeach, that actually did impeach Bill Clinton in the House, and then he went into the Senate and tried to convict, but he did not succeed. However, he did succeed in poisoning our minds with his nonsense and his obsession with sex. I think I'm obsessed with sex, but my goodness, these Republicans were obsessed. And not for the good reason, not because they were turned on by it, although they probably were, but because they wanted to use it as a weapon, as a political weapon against a Democrat in the presidency that was pretty popular, who I didn't agree with about a lot of things, Bill Clinton. He was too neoliberal for me. But at the same time, I didn't appreciate that he was being forced out through a coup de trois because he had a different kind of sex life and got caught. And he shouldn't have done it. He should have practiced self-love. He should have listened to his attorney general Joycelyn Elders, instead of firing her. But you know, we all have sexual foibles, we humans. And we need to be more understanding of them, especially when they involve consensual sex. Of course, we shouldn't be understanding if they're non-consensual. But this was consensual. She came on to him and she was 21. And yeah, yeah, there was this discrepancy and uh, a power imbalance. There's always a power imbalance, you know? Sometimes too much. It's hard to tell. And very hard when people are working all the time not to get involved with people they're working with. 
Anyway, he was wrong, but he shouldn't have been punished like that. And moreover, the nation should not have been punished like that by, as Hillary Clinton, who was not exactly a lefty, said, the vast right-wing conspiracy. Ken Starr, we feel bad to see the religious right getting back in charge here uh, in America. It's very disturbing. And not only is this House manager, Lindsey Graham, from the attempt to impeach the president over his sex life still in office, but also one of Ken Starr's protégés, Brett Kavanaugh, is now a Supreme Court justice and very critical to taking away women's sexual rights, taking away our abortion rights quite recently. And yet, as Daniel B. says on YouTube, we are doing well, at least in terms of fashion freedom in the U.S. A young woman in Iran got beaten to death for not wearing her hijab to cover her head. Yes, that's what I'm hearing. It's terrible, terrible news and awful to think about. And yet it is exciting to see all these women pulling off their hijabs and dancing and cutting their hair. I guess that's a sign of something to cut your hair. <laughs> Well, I think I think the hijab is supposed to cover the hair, right? So it's right. I, I guess the hair is supposed to be like they're supposed to only keep their on, hair. Only long. my husband is allowed to see my hair. Something like Something that. Something like that. But so definitely, you're supposed to wear the hijab in public. It's terrible, and we stand in solidarity with all of the protesters, and we really are not against religion, but against religious fascism, whether it's Christo-fascism or Islamo-fascism or Judeo-fascism. And a lot of this type of fascism of religion seems to be directed against women. So I guess this was too. I mean, I'm sure it was. It, certainly this woman who was wearing a hijab, she just wasn't even wearing it properly was the problem. She was somehow killed, I guess beaten to death, maybe raped to death. Oh, Something sorry. terrible happened to her, and it was in police custody. And it is terrible. Not shocking, I hate to say, but terrible. Yeah, that's the worst part. It was in police uh, custody. Yeah, I guess. It, it's terrible no matter where it happens, but right. very bad. And at least something to really protest in a major way when it is happening by the people that are supposed to protect and serve. And I think that that's true of police all over the world. That's what they're supposed to do. And all over the world, that's the opposite of what they seem to do. So in fun news, there was a, well, it's kind of fun. It was an accident. A truck filled with dildos and lube overturned <laughs> on the highway in Oklahoma and <laughs> lost its load. Oh. People are probably going to have a good night tonight if they pick up one of those dildos. Although, I don't know if I would. They've been out there on the highway. They have concrete on them now. Yeah, kind of yeah, I, I guess that truck... Uh, Hit the curb pretty hard. Right? Thanks for the tip, Chris G. And about 100 other people in my social media. So what else is going on is that 
Sheriff Villanueva. And Max has been on a kind of crusade against Sheriff Villanueva's crusade. And his crusade has been for more power for himself and for his deputy gang and their politically motivated investigations that went over the top in the last few weeks. And yet he got pushback from California Attorney General Rob Bonta. So go bonobos for Rob Bonta, right, Captain Max? Max has been talking to me about Trump all week. I have been trying not to pay attention, but he did tell Hannity that he can declassify top secret documents just by thinking about it. It's magic. What? He did say that. I had to hear that. Uh, he says, just by thinking about it, I can declassify something. That's like a special superpower, I guess. Well, that is what he has to claim <laughs> in order to get somewhere with what he did, which was to take classified documents improperly. I kind of hope he gets nabbed for one of his other things because I don't want him to get nabbed for the Espionage Act because they're also trying to use that against Julian Assange. And I certainly want to free Julian Assange, a journalist that does not deserve to be imprisoned and is being slowly tortured to death. If you're tuned in live, there will be a demonstration soon around Parliament. Wow. Yeah, how convenient that, uh, that he's getting charged with the same thing. Assange is going I through. I don't know what that's about, but yeah. you know, of course I want Trump to go down somehow or other. But, you know, he should go down for trying to fix the election, for calling up the guy in Georgia. That's my thing. I think he should just go to prison for that. There's a tape of it. The guy testifies, you know. And also, of course, QAnon, the big insurrection. But that's maybe a little less clear. The clarity of fixing the Georgia vote. Can you find a few more votes for me? What? He asked the guy, can you find a few more votes for me? Just find a few thousand more votes. He's asking him to cheat. He asked a lot of people to cheat, but it's all on tape. I know. It's a little complex. It's not as interesting as espionage. I think it's more slam dunk. But people like espionage because it reminds them of 007. And speaking of 007, I got a laugh out of Max because he just put out today, or somebody named 007, that there's been a coup in China. Oh, really? So we honestly don't know what is going on anywhere. Wow, in China, China's been, China's been kind of quiet lately. For you? Well, for me, yeah. No, actually, <laughs> things have been happening in China. Z has been having key people arrested and one is executed or supposed to be and maybe some people are not happy about that and then there's Taiwan although they are suffering because they have had an earthquake recently 
and it's tough to have an earthquake on a little island like that. And Puerto Rico has had terrible storms, mm. and my goodness, it's just so overwhelming. There's so much violence right now. And I'm reading a book that is kind of interesting. I just started it, but since I'm here just chatting, I'll tell you about it. I recommend it if you like to read. Of course, if you're Kanye, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Kanye said he never read anything. Don't recommend books to Kanye. <laughs> Kanye does not read. It explains a lot, actually. And his mother was a teacher. I kind of don't believe him. Maybe he doesn't read now. I think he doesn't read lately. He reads on Twitter. That's what he does. I don't know if he does. I think <laughs> he just <laughs> tweets. Yeah. I don't know that he reads much. He says very little. He can be kind of clever, you know. And he gets it out there. Don't be like Kanye. Really, one is enough. And I do like a lot of his music. Everybody is complicated. It's hard to like everything about any one person. And nowadays, you get to find out a lot about people that you didn't find out before. And it makes a lot of people very angry and confused. They think someone's their hero. And then they find out they have feet of clay. And we all have feet of clay. We're all part animal. We're not, what am I saying? We're all animal. We're not any part angel. Humans are a type of animal, like bonobos, like common chimps, like gorillas, like all the animals. I like the bonobos, and I think because the bonobos are close to us, we should follow the bonobo way of peace through pleasure in all kinds of weather, femdom power, female empowerment and I'm going to be coming out with a video make kink not war at domcon very shortly so you're going to get a sense of some femdom power and some ways to make kink not war and they do it with male well-being male nurturance so me too doesn't turn into me poo. Anyway, coming soon. Make kink not war. Be bonobo at DomCon 2022. So meantime, I am reading The End of the Mega Machine, A Brief History of a Failing Civilization by Fabian Scheidler. I know, that's all a big mouthful. <laughs> and I talked a little bit about the mega machine before. And you might have heard that phrase, and it's a little bit corny, but it's a little bit meaningful. Actually, it's a lot meaningful. And Mr. Scheidler didn't create it. Somebody else did, who I'm not remembering at the moment. But he wrote this book in which he talks about the end of the mega machine. 
and I haven't gotten to the end part. I'm in the middle. But it's very interesting that he talks about how civilization came about. It's really very recent human civilization. Humans have been around for 200,000 years. And yet we've only been so-called civilized for maybe 6,000, 7,000. Seriously civilized for 5,000 with the Middle East and really ancient Greece where they started having the armies and the writing and the art. And we often think of ancient Greece as a wonderful time. But it was ruled by the four tyrannies which were new at the time. What are the four tyrannies? Well, number one, is military violence, which is different than like regular violence. We humans, we can be violent. All primates are. Even bonobos, they don't kill each other. And they certainly don't make war. Common chimps make a kind of war. Not much though. They can gang up on each other which is sometimes interpreted as war. Bonobos don't do that. They don't kill, although they do gang up. And humans are the ones that created a military. And we could talk about why they did, but they did. They created an organized form of violence. And this is what Scheidler calls one of the four tyrannies that create this mega machine that is chewing us up and spitting us out. So that's one, the military and the violence of it, the killing machine. And two is money. People didn't have money for 195,000 years. And they had plenty of fun and they did plenty of things and they got things and they exchanged things and they gave gifts and they looked for things and got what they needed or didn't. Anyway, they invented money. They didn't hoard money, right? Nobody was hoarding money, I guess. They then. didn't even have money. Yeah, right. Yeah. And they didn't hoard things because they were hunter-gatherers so they would move around. So even yeah. crops and things... They wouldn't hoard. They didn't have crops, but plants and animals. They would only take what they could carry. Maybe a handful of seeds and just... Or it might create a knapsack of some sort. Yeah. Anyway, they started to create plots of land that were owned by people. And even this ownership was diffuse for quite a while. But when they created money, along with the economy, which says you own this and you don't own this, and now you pay for this with money. Money was created to pay the military. It actually, interestingly, was created in the land of King Midas. You've heard of the Midas touch? Yeah, yeah. Where everything he touches turns to gold. Right, right. And that's what he wishes for. 
And then he touches his beautiful daughter. Oh. Oh, no. And she turns to gold. And she's gone. Oh, Because no. it kills. Not the daughter. Yes, of course. They knew back then. They understood something that we seem to have lost. The understanding that this obsession with money does kill us. Anyway, that's the second tyranny. The third tyranny is philosophy and religion. And this idea of a single, all-powerful God that knows everything and that speaks through certain emissaries and that tells you to do certain things and that you must follow those things. You must do those things like a crusade. You must go forth. It gives you a reason to use that military besides your own greed for the money. You see these parts, the four tyrannies, they're all interdependent. You got your military, you got your economy, and you got your reason, you got your philosophy, you got your religion. It's often a religion, but it could be conquest. It could be a belief in Nazism or royal Britain or the power of your nationality. Russia power. All of that is a philosophy that always is tied to the other two tyrannies of money, economy, and violence and military. And then there's the fourth tyranny. And this one gets me. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time with this one. I feel I am in a way... You're scaring me. <laughs> ...a slave to this one. I'm almost not a slave to the other ones. I kind of get it. A little bit of a slave to money economy because everybody's got to make money in this economy and so do I. But I try not to let it rule my life. I do have a philosophy, but I'm not much for religion. Of course, I'm very anti-military and killing and violence. So I don't feel like I'm really tyrannized, at least not inside of my brain, by the other three tyrannies. But the fourth. Can you guess what it is? Hmm. I wouldn't have. But it is linear thinking. Thinking that things happen one after the other, that you go from point A to point B, and then you will have point C. Hmm. I think that way. I think that our society teaches children to think that way and then adults think that way and I was a good student in school and at Yale and that's how you had to think you had to think I have a test this Tuesday I better study for it and then I'll take it and then I'll get an A I have to hand in my paper I have to have this speech done and then I will get my just desserts because things work according to plan right right Huh. But the fact is, reality is not like that. Reality often does not work according to plan. And that is why a lot of good students don't necessarily do that well in life. I have to say, Kanye does pretty well. He's a billionaire. <laughs> right. And he's nuts. He certainly does not think in a linear fashion. 
I'm not saying people should think like him. And that scares me. Honestly, yes, I am in a bit of the grip of the linear thinking tyranny. It's the way writers think. It's the way readers think. It's the way a lot of us think that like a good story with a beginning and a middle and an end. And that's not just the way days go, nights go, weeks go. It's just not the way life goes. Life is really more circular and things happen that you can't plan for. You know, I say it, but do I really understand it? The best laid plans may not get you laid the way you planned. I know these things, but it's so hard to go with the flow. Max is always trying to get me to go with the flow. And he gets so frustrated when I go, ah, I can't do that. I, I, I need to know what's going on. I should have been brought up by Native Americans. They really teach you how to see the world in a much more circular manner. Certain cultures that are less Judeo-Christian, Islamo, fascist, they do allow you to have a more circular approach to life. Writing itself, especially Western writing, maybe Asian writing is not quite the same because so much of it might involve pictures. I don't know. I might be offending somebody there. But I will say Western writing that I know a little bit about, it's very linear. And it was developed for a terrible reason. We think of it as developed to write great poetry like Homer. And we think of it as a, a beautiful thing, writing. I think of it that way. But it was developed to count bushels of hay and slaves. That was what the scribes did. They had to count these items for the king or the leader. And he paid them. Because people don't write for themselves. They write for someone else. You don't have to write for yourself, much as you might say, oh, I like to write in my diary. You really are writing for someone else. You might be thinking someone else will read that diary. I'm sure you are. In any case, the first scribes wrote for someone else. The cave writings, you know, the paintings, that's a different thing. And it's not words. Those are pictures. That's a more, perhaps you could say, pure form of art. But writing and counting, that brilliant stuff with letters, with alphabet letters, not just pictures to show you things, but letters that have to be put together in a linear way that are confusing if you don't speak the language. Or if you read left to right or right to that left. That divide people. Or top to bottom. Because the letters have to be put in this and that way and it does separate people. It's really a tyranny. The tyranny of linear thinking. And yet I practice it. It's like the bonobo way. I'm not going to live in a nest. Uh, I'm not going to have sex just like they do or live at all the way they do. But I do like to know about them and be inspired by them. And as for these four tyrannies, three of which I feel like I have a pretty good sense of how to keep 
under control, at least in my own brain. That fourth, ooh, so difficult. And yet I do feel I should try to get it under control, especially as I get older. Because guess what? Linear thinking is great when you're young. You're growing up, 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 up. But as you get older, it's not so much fun. Oh, <laughs> now I'm not getting better. But if you think in a more circular way, perhaps you are. Perhaps it is all happening again and again. And you're absorbing it in a different way from that point A to point B way of thinking. Anyway, check it out, folks, if you want to be challenged. It's easy reading. It was recommended by one of my counterpunch co-author, not a co-author, but colleague, someone else who, it was recommended by one of my counterpunch colleagues, Patrick Mazza. So thank you, Patrick Mazza. Yeah, the Fabian Scheidler is his name. Is the author Scheidler. Scheidler. Yes. Yeah, he. Uh, I'm reading his Amazon page, and it says, uh, "We are witnessing how the entire planet, which took four billion years to develop, is being used up by a global economic machinery yes. that produces vast quantities of goods and mountains of garbage. At the same time, insane wealth and mass misery." Massive over, massive workload and forced inactivity. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I read that, but <laughs> it's good to hear it, uh, you know, in my ears because it does remind me of how it is just appalling that we are kind of burning this place up that's taken four billion years to build. And not just that, but the civilization that humans have built up in these 8,000 years is destroying the humanity that has been around for 200,000 years. Yeah. And yet, I think that Fabian Scheidler does give you hope in this book. From what I understand, I haven't gotten to the end of it, folks, so it might not. But I think there's an idea that there will be an end to the mega machine, that it is going to destroy itself. It is going to eat itself up. This is what capitalism does, and this is what war does, and it's going to be horrible. And yet, it might not kill off everything. So there is some hope. It's interesting the way he describes the Dark Ages. People that studied it in school, like me, will mm -hmm. recall that it is often described as a very bad time. Yeah. yeah. It was dark. Yeah, dark is... Uh, is uh, but yeah. he says it actually was pretty good for most people mm -hmm. that were alive. When you think about the fact that the Roman Empire collapsed so there were no more Roman soldiers slaughtering people. Oh yeah, that's that's, that's hither, thither and yon. Yeah. And it was before the age of the next slaughtering, oh. which would be the kings 
Uh, there were some knights and lords, but they didn't have that much power. And they sort of lost touch with money, actually. They started paying with crops. Very interesting time. But in any case, I think we are out of time. We're running out of time on the show. And we're also running out of time for our civilization. But it seems as though this civilization is showing the cracks in its beauty. We see even Hollywood is supported by the military for most of its big hits. Yeah. Maybe not all of its movies, but most mega hits like Top Gun are really advertisements for the military. Hollywood is also rife with just nonsense. I'd like to preserve the civilization. I would hope there will not be a nuclear war, although that is being threatened right now by Mr. Putin on the one side. And of course, yes, he is quite in the wrong. But as I am not thinking in a linear fashion, I think we all have some blame. And so we all have to figure out a way to get to the peace table, folks. You know, it's all quite exciting to see these Ukrainians use our U.S. and NATO weaponry so skillfully and beat back the Russians who have, of course, more people, but bad equipment, old equipment, some equipment from North Korea. Yikes. Yeah. And I got excited myself. I'm pro-Ukraine. I know people connected to Ukraine. I know people connected to Russia. That I don't know people personally who support Russia. I do know people that support Ukraine. So I was excited to think, oh, yeah, Ukraine is going to win. Maybe I'm wrong. And there could be a winner. And that's how the war is going to end. Uh, not exactly. As I feared and continue to fear, it's a perma war. Putin's keeping it going. I'm not saying it couldn't end. Hey, we just ended the war in Afghanistan. But it's not easy to end these wars once you start them. And we are in the gears of the mega machine and one of the most basic for tyrannies is war and the violence of the military. It really has become a tyranny in our lives, I feel. You know, we were all kind of excited to come out once we got COVID a little under control. And then fucking wars started again. And there are other wars, it's true. But this one between Russia and Ukraine with backing from NATO is particularly in our face because the war is fought not just by the military but by the other three tyrannies. It affects our economy, our gas prices. It affects our media 
our philosophy, the people out there that we listen to, whether you listen to MSNBC or whether you listen to Fox or read Counterpunch, you got this war in your face. It's invaded your brain. It's tyrannizing you. Yeah, not only did they are terrorizing the people on that side of the world, but they're terrorizing us when we're trying to uh, think positive thoughts, you know, and now we're in war. Now we're in war. So we have to try to come to the peace table, and it seems impossible, but it always is possible, and it will be possible at some point. I just hope it doesn't have to happen in the middle of a nuclear winter when you have some skeletons coming together on a long table. David D. asks, what is SSRI? It's an antidepressant. It's a serotonin inhibitor. I don't know all the fancy ways in which to describe how it affects your brain. And I certainly don't know if it works. I know people that take it and that swear by it. And so I'm not against it. But a lot of people it does not help and a lot of people it makes worse. And I see it as a problem because psychiatrists seem to prescribe it like candy. Weston on Facebook says, loving your advice, Dr. Susie. And let's see, Harry, hi, Harry. He says, no, he refuses to get pegged. Good thing you aren't Prince Harry then, you know, because you got to be the Prince of Pegging. <laughs> the Prince of Wales is the Prince of Pegging. And maybe he has to get pegged by a whale now. That's right. He says, that opens doors, I think, are best kept shut. Well, first of all, Harry, they are not shut because it's, you got to have something come out of there or you will get very <laughs> sick and die. So, yeah, it is a door that a lot of people think of as a back door. And yet, a lot of people enjoy anal pleasure. And Harry, you are perfectly welcome to enjoy other things in life. There are plenty of other things, there are plenty of other parts to your body that you can enjoy. But some people do enjoy anal stimulation of some form. Pegging, by the way, for those who do not know, is when a person, usually a man, would be penetrated anally by a strap-on dildo, usually worn by a woman. And I am so sorry if I get my genders too specific, but that's usually what pegging is. And Sometimes, yes, it can be a gateway to doing it with a man. And sometimes, no, it is not. It is just something you enjoy with your lady friend or whoever is wearing the strap-on since it could be a non-binary person. And it could even be a man who maybe can't get hard or maybe wants to pretend he's got a big dick so he wears a big strap-on. So different people wear them to peg. So, So yeah, per, all I'm saying is I've never seen Harry 
and pegging Prince Harry in the same room together. So if that's you, Harry, it's your Well, your okay, the pegging favorite. prince is William. Oh, William. Oh, it's not Prince Harry. No, 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 no. I Harry is being left alone by the gossips in terms of that. Or else he just has, quote, unquote, regular sex. I'm not sure. Although he's into cosplay. He dressed up as a Nazi one year. For a a party, yeah. He kind of got a lot of hell for that. But, you know, there's a lot of Nazism in his family's background. His great uncle was pretty much a Nazi sympathizer. The guy who gave up the crown so that he could marry his great love, Wallace Simpson, who was an American divorcee. And the two of them went to Germany and supported Hitler. So that's his great uncle. That's Elizabeth's uncle who did that. And then Elizabeth's father became king and reigned for a few years. And then he died suddenly. And Elizabeth, while she was vacationing in Kenya, was called to be queen. And just around that time, there was a big rebellion in Kenya. And the English killed a lot of Kenyans. And Elizabeth, that was the backdrop for your coronation your assumption of the throne that is so they're all full of sexual fun and horrible ruling i mean all ruling is somewhat horrible but theirs is one of the worst probably because they're really one of the most powerful they always hate socialists of course they hate the people They pretend to love the people because they depend on the people for their power. They feel that they are superior, they'd like to, and they're family. Family values, brothers and sisters. That's what royals are all about. Pegging is good for anybody, you know. I'm not against Prince William for enjoying a good pegging. Maybe that makes him bearable. Anyway. I just want to encourage you to be kind to each other. We're all making a lot of mistakes these days. I certainly make a lot of mistakes. And I feel bad about them. And yet I also feel I got to try to move forward best I can. So... I apologize to those of you who I have wronged. I especially apologize to Captain Max because I know I upset him because of my linear thinking. But I would also, I hope that he appreciates that in my linear fashion, I did complete the show, although I was trying to see if he would come on. I wanted him to come on, but... He didn't want to come on, and I can't make him come on. He is a man of his own volition. So I'm hurt, but I understand. I understand. And sometimes I share the pain with you, brothers and sisters, lovers and sinners. I guess I usually share the pleasure, and very often I hide the pain just like a royal the royals are just like us any of us that go on tv or just appear in 
the kitchen in front of the rest of the family. Or just anytime you've got to put on a happy face. It's like you're a royal, huh? Everybody's watching you. You have to hide that pain. Mostly that's what we all do. But Prince Harry, good King Harry, he's right. I don't know if he really does it because he seems to always be acting. But you do need to take care of your mental health and talk about your feelings. I feel pain right now that I, I'm all alone. But I know I'm not totally alone. I know I have my husband just a little upset. And I know that I have you. You just probably think I'm a lunatic right now. But hey, we've been through a lot together, you and I. A lot of years. So hopefully we have a lot more ahead. But you never know. You never know whether the mega machine is going to chew you up and spit you out. You got to try to follow the bonobo way. But hard with all those four tyrannies bearing down on you, grinding you up. Hard to be happy and peace through pleasure, female empowered, male well-being. And here I am taking some hope in this book that maybe he's going to say there's a light at the end of the tunnel. That's because I have linear thinking. Hey, there might not be a light at the end of the tunnel. We could burn out this star if enough Putins and other dictators destroy it. And we're not going to let them. I don't know if I have the power not to let them. I'm not going to think in a linear fashion about that. I'm just going to try to enjoy this moment with you, my darling listener. I want you to enjoy this moment with me. Cuddle up to your lover if you're lucky enough to have a lover. If they're not mad at you, cuddle up to your vibrator if you found one that fell out on the highway in Oklahoma. <laughs> Be sure to clean it off. Or just cuddle up to your device and pleasure yourself with no end in sight no matter what kind of body you're in or brain you've got you deserve pleasure you can always make changes and sometimes it's good for you but you always deserve pleasure not at others expense not that kind of royal pleasure where you steal everybody's booty but if you want to play with your booty Go right ahead. Be good. Be happy. Try not to hurt anyone, including yourself. Make kink, not war. Make like bonobos, not baboons. Make love, not war. Make love to someone you love tonight, even if that someone is you. I love you. I love you, Max. 
need to talk with someone about something you can't talk about with anyone else, you can talk to us. I'm Dr. Susan Block, your mistress of the airwaves, but my day job is director of the Dr. Susan Block Institute for the Erotic Arts and Sciences, specializing in sex therapy over the phone. Anytime you need to talk, whether you need serious psychotherapy or a hot phone sex experience or a combination, my world-renowned telephone sex therapists are just a phone call away. Totally private, absolutely confidential. We listen, talk with you, advise you, role-play for you, fantasize with you, no fantasy is too taboo, and help you with anything from impotence to exhibitionism, fears to desires, fetishes to marriages. For more information, call us at 213-291-9497. That's 213-291-9497 anytime you need to talk. You're listening to Radio Suzy One on the World Wide Web. (laughs) 